Nedarim Naflamid Vav, the last thing we're discussing was a person who vowed another person can't have benefit from him, he could give the Trumot and Masot for him, if, as long as he gave consent, and he could give his Korbanot. So let's say the person who uh, is vowed upon, he's a Kohen working in the Bet HaMikdash, and the person who vowed gave a Korban, that Kohen could do the work for him. And then we ask the question, are Kohanim our messengers or are they the messengers of Hashem? So at first we wanted to say that they are the messengers of Hashem, and then we pushed that reason away, and we asked questions on Rabbi Yohanan, and with that we're starting on Lamed Vav Amud Aleph, and again we're trying to prove that the Kohanim really work for Hashem and not for us. So the first word on the page says, Mativ Rav Shimi Bar Abba. Rav Shimi Bar Abba has a question on those who hold that the Kohanim work for us. We learned in Ebraita that a person who vowed that his friend cannot have any benefit from him, im haya kohen, yizrok alav. If the person who made the vow is a kohen, he's allowed to throw on the person he vowed upon, dam hatato v'dam hashamo, all the blood that he needs for the korban. Uh, why? Because he, this kohen is working for Hashem, he's not working for the person who's giving the korban. The Gemara says, no, maybe dam hatato shel metzorah, v'dam ashamo shel metzorah. Maybe we're talking about the blood of the korban of the metzorah, and the dam of the uh, hatat and asham of the metzorah. Dikhtiv zot ye torat ha metzorah. Because the Torah says, zot ye torat ha metzorah. And we're derived from the extra torat, that ben gadol, ben katan, whether it's a gadol or katan, and a katan can't give a korban. The father does it for him. So you don't need the person's consent. So maybe, again, uh, he's, although he's our shaliyah, but he is allowed to do this without our consent. And therefore, a Kohen could do the Korban work even for someone he vowed upon. But other Korbanot that don't have that extra word Torah, maybe he can't. So really, maybe, I could always say he's working for us, not Hashem. So the Gemara tries a different avenue. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Kohanim Shepiglu Mikdash. If a Kohen had the wrong thought while he was doing the Korban... For example, he thought about uh, eating it tomorrow or uh, giving the korban in the wrong place. Mezidin, if he did it on purpose, Hayavin has to pay to the owner for the korban. Hashogigin, so we understood if he did it by mistake, he had the wrong thought by mistake. Peturin, Ela, Shepigulan, Pigul. You're patur from paying back, but the Pigul is a Pigul and the korban is Pasul. Now, if you want to tell me that they work for Hashem, now I understand why the pigul is a pigul, meaning why the wrong thought actually makes the korban pasul, because they work for Hashem and Hashem didn't like their thought. But if you want to say they're our messengers, am I pigul and pigul? Why is their pigul a pigul? A person can say, hey, I sent you to be my messenger. I sent you to do the right thing, not the wrong thing. So like Mark explains, We could still say that the that the Kohen is working for the person who's giving the Korban. And you could still say that the rules are different when it comes to Pigul. Because the Pasuk actually says, Meaning it should not count, and yet it will be pigul. And we're doresh, that mikol makom. It doesn't make a difference what the case is, that the wrong mindset of the Kohen makes it pasul, even if he did it by mistake. And you could definitely say that even though they're our shalichim, still this Kohen could mess up with the thought and make the korban pasul. So we're left with no answer in regards to do the Kohanim work for us or for Hashem. But if you take a look in the Tosfot and Daran, they quote the Gemaran Kiddushin Dafkaf Gimal, 
that it's pashut that the Kohanim work uh, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They don't work for us because it's not shayach for someone to do a shalichut for someone if they are asur to do it. So if I'm asur to give my korban, then the Kohen can't do it for me. So therefore you have to say they're really working for Hashem and the rules are different. Next, the Gemara is going to go back to something Rabbi Yohanan said before, Gufa, Amar Rabbi Yohanan HaKol Tzrechin Dat, all korbanot and need the consent of the owner, Chutzim Chusar Kapara, except for whenever a kapara needs to be done. Shehare Adam Mevi Korban Albanava Albenotav Aktanim, a person can give a korban for his young children, even though they don't know what the, what's going on. Let's say the child is in Mitzorah and he gets, he gets through that whole Tzara'at situation. The father gives the korban. You, you see that you could give a korban for someone without a consent. So now the Gemara asks if that's the case, that you want to learn that you don't need the person's consent. Let's say, Yabi Adam Hatat Halevalhavero, a person can give a Korban Hatat if his friend ate Halev. Let him just cover him just in case. Shekin Adam Evi Alishto Shota, a person can bring a Korban for his wife who is not uh, not competent. A person can bring for his friend without his consent. Kerib Yuda, like Rabbi Yuda holds, that a person has to give a Korbanot of his wife. And the problem is, Why did Rabbi Lazar say, Why did Rabbi Lazar say, that if someone gave a korban hatat for his friend, he didn't do anything? Rather, you have to say that there's the difference between a wife who's not competent that you could give korban without her knowledge, and you can't do the same for your friend. And if the problem is on Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan wanted to learn from this that you're allowed to uh, give a korban on someone without their consent. The Gemara says, No. Let's try to understand Rabbi Uda. When Rabbi Uda said that a person is allowed to give a korbanot to his wife, how is it possible that Isha, who is not competent, is giving a korban uh, hatat? Remember, she had to do an avera. So, if she ate this chalev while she's not competent, love but korbani. She doesn't have to give a korban, she's not competent. And if she ate the chalev while she was competent, and then she, uh, she became not competent, if a person ate chalev and then said a korban on the side, he's going to give a korban, then he became not competent, then went back to being competent, the korban is no good, because once that korban has been pushed, it's pushed forever. So, based on this, you don't have a situation where a person can give a korban hatat chalev for his wife who is not competent, so you have nowhere to learn that a person can give a korban for his friend without his consent. However, like a Zav, who needs this korban given so he could be tahor, since a person gives for his kids, okay, you can give for adults also. So, there's a difference between hatat chalev and, let's say, a korban of a mitzvah. And the Gemara continues asking on Rabbi Yohanan, Ela me'ata, okay, if you want to learn that since you give a korban for a katan, you could also give it a gadol, even though you don't have his consent, then yavi adam pesach al haviro, a person should give korban pesach for his friend. Sheken adam mevi albana ve'albinotav aktanim, since a person can give korban pesach for his young children, he could also give it for his friend without telling him. Alama ma Rabbi Lazar ifrish pesach al haviro lo asaklum. So why did Rabbi Lazar say that if someone set aside a korban pesach for his friend, he didn't do anything? He needs to be part of that group. You can't. You have to tell him. So Amar Bizera, you can't compare one thing to another because Korban Pesach, you could include your kids even without telling them since you could feed them because it says, Se lebet avot, lav de oraita. 
this concept where you have to add everyone in the house to this sheep, it's not from the Torah, it's only from the Darabanan. The only people who have to be counted is Gedolim. So if if Midoraita they can't be counted and only Midorabana were counting them, then you can't really learn one thing from the other. And the Gemara clarifies, Umimai, how do we know that Ktanim don't have a hayuv, they don't have an obligation to be counted part of Korban Pesach? Miditanan, like we learned how Banav, if a person said, the person's walking up to Yerushalayim, his kids are going slow, and he said, I'm shakling Korban Pesach to whoever gets to Yerushalayim first. And he could get the bigger piece and he could share it with his uh, brothers, and he, meaning he'll be in charge of giving out the meat. Now, once the first one of the children who gets to Yerushalayim first, once most of his body's head, most of his body gets into Yerushalayim, he got his part. We now know retroactively that this is the one that the father wanted to add. And he could uh, later on uh, give the, the other brothers and sisters from that piece. Now, if you want to say, that selabait means everyone has to be counted part of that sheep. If you want to say that's midoraita, al bisraka eum zakelehu, is he going to give them a piece of the meat? It doesn't work that way. You have to give it while it's still alive. You have to give them a piece while it's still alive. Rather, we see from here that it's only midirabanan. So now the Gemara asks, if there's no hiyuv at all, there's no obligation to count the ketanim as part of Korban Pesach, Ela lama lehon abon. So why does the father even have to say this? Why does he have to tell whoever gets there first, he gets the peace, but everyone, why does he have to go through all that? I think my answer is very simply, mitzvot, because you want to rush them to do mitzvot. If everyone's going slow, we'll never get there. And he wants them to rush to do the mitzvot. So he, he, he gave them a line, whoever gets there first gets the peace. He's in charge. And there was a story like that, that the girls got there before the boys. And everyone saw that the, the girls in that family were the ones who were rushing, and the boys were the lazy ones. They were the lowly ones. And it didn't say that the girls get everything and the boys get nothing. It just says they were the, the ones who rushed. They got there first. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, V'torem eterumotav. If someone vowed on another person that I'm not going to have any benefit from you, he's allowed to give the terumot. So they asked the question, If a person took out from his fruits to give over for his friends, this way his friend doesn't have to give terumah. Does he need his friend's consent or not? Meaning, since we're saying that it's good for him, he's this way, he's saving money, then you don't have to tell him, because we all know, you're allowed to be zokhe for someone without telling him. Or maybe, listen, it's his mitzvah, and he wants to do a mitzvah with his money, and you're taking away his mitzvah, therefore it's a bad thing, and you're not allowed to give to your friend. So the Gemara tries to bring a proof from our Mishnah to try to answer the question, Tashema. A person who vowed against his friend that he's not going to benefit from him, Torem et Maserotav. He could give teruma for him, ledato as long as he gave him permission. Now, what's that Mishnah talking about? Ilema. Let's say we're talking about a situation where the fruits are being taken min keri al shel keri. Let's say the vower comes to the person's uh, pile of fruits and he takes terumot and, and he's doing it for the owner. And uldato de man and whose consent ilema uh, le dato dile. Let's say it's the consent of the vower. 
Manchav Yeshaliah, who made him a Shaliah. You can't touch his pile unless he made your Shaliah. So maybe we're talking about the owner of the fruits, the person that the person the devourer vowed against. He told him, Yeah, can you do the truma for me? Well, but isn't he but he's benefiting from him that because he's doing his shalihut. Ella, you have to explain, Mishelo al Shel Hakeri. Rather, the vower is taking from his things and he's giving it for the owner of the pile, Uldato Deman, and according to whose consent, Ilamaledato Debalakir. If you want to tell me that we're talking about the, the consent of the owner, Hakameanele, but you're letting him benefit, and you're not allowed to benefit him. Elalav, rather, aren't we talking about Ledate Denavshe? According to the, uh, no, the knowledge, the consent of the vower, Torim al he could take out from his pile and give it for his friend's pile. Now, if you need the knowledge, you need consent. Then you see that uh, that he's have, that he's benefiting him. Rather, you have to say that you don't need consent. And that should answer the question at the beginning of the Amud, that if someone's giving to for his friend, does he need consent or not? So here you have it, you don't need. The Gemara says, no, you can't prove from our Mishnah, because Le'olam, you could always say, Mishel Ba'alakeri, Al Ba'alakeri. You could always say the vower came to the other person's pile, he took fruits, and he did it for him. And Kedama Rabbah, it's like Rabbah said, Be'omer kol the, the vowed upon person, the owner of the, the pile, he got up in shul and he said, listen, whoever wants to do terumah for me, go ahead and do it. And you could say that's exactly what happened here. So this person gave consent, he gave it to anyone who wants to do it, and this person came, uh, the vower came, and he did a terumah for him. So like he sort of made him a shaliyah, but not really made him a shaliyah, and that's okay. So now, once we're at this question, Rabbi has a question from Rabbi Zera. Let's say a person takes away a teruma from his pile, and he and he's counting it for his friend's pile. He's doing his teruma for him. Who gets the favoritism, we'll call it. Meaning, usually, a person gives truma to any kohen he wants. That kohen sort of feels uh, you know, friendly with him, like he owes him a favor sort of thing. And the real question is, can the owner of the pile say, hey, I, like, I want to give it to that Kohen and not to, to the Kohen that you choose? Miamrinan, do we say, do we say, if it wasn't for the other person, the person giving the truma, if it wasn't for his fruits, your pile would never be good? Or maybe what we say is, if it wasn't for his pile, these fruits would never become teruma. Meaning, the only reason you gave these fruits is because this guy's pile. So, Amar Pasuk says, it's called The Pasuk says, Aset Aset calls about Zaycha Yotzei Asadeh Shana Veshana, and over there it's talking about Maaser Sheni, and then on Pasuk Cafe it says Venatata Bakasef. Over there it's saying you have to give, and we're Doresh put all put it all together, and we're Doresh as if they're connected. It calls the word Zaycha Venatata. So we see from here, whoever Zaycha is, whoever the, the the grains belong to, he's the one who has to give. So he could give really to whoever he wants. The problem is Etive. Rabbi already came ready. He has a brayta against Rabbi Zera. It says in our Mishnah, Torem etirumotav et maserotav ledato. If someone vowed against another person that he's not going to have any benefit from him, it says you can give teruma for him. 
Now, if we're saying if you're saying that the tovatana that whatever favoritism that the Kohanim will give, it's gonna to go to the person who owns the, the, the pile, then kamehanele, then the Torem, the, the vower who's giving the the, the, the truma, he's benefiting the, the other person. Elashmamina rather you have to say that Tovatana Adile that the Tovatana, the favoritism, meaning the the option to choose which coin to give it to is really on the vower, the one who's giving it. The Gemara doesn't like that because Amre, lo, maybe not that's not, not necessarily the case. Maybe it doesn't mean that the, the vower is taking from his things and giving it for the Baalbite. Maybe Michel Balakeri, Al Balakeri. Maybe our Mishnah is talking about where the vower came. To the to the to the other person's uh, pile, took Truma for it, and he gave it to any coin he wants. And it was Uldato uh, de and the owner gave permission. He gave his consent. He went up in Shul and he said, "Whoever wants to give the Truma for me, go ahead and give it." So he never made him a shaliyah, and he got to use his thing. And maybe that's what we're talking about. So the Gemara tries a different Braita uh, to explain Rabbi Irmiya Tashema. If a person's is an animal for a korban that his fr- uh, friend is hayav, and the animal has a wound, and you have to redeem it. And the rule is that the owner has to redeem it and add another fifth. And we said, that the person who is makdishit, he's the owner, and he's the one who has to redeem it and add that fifth. But if the other person was the one who redeems it, he does not have to add that fifth. Now, when it comes to the the deen of Temura, where a person switches this animal to, to become holy, and he, wa- he wants to transfer the Kedushat to a different animal, and we say the an- both animals are Kadosh, and the rule is that someone else who's not the owner cannot uh, transfer Kedushah on another animal. However, in this case, Umit Kaper Ose Temura, that if another person, let's say a person's friend, set aside a korban for his friend, the, the, the friend who's hayab the korban, he could transfer the kedushah to, to a different animal. But the owner of the animal who, who was makdishit for his friend, he can't make a, t- a timur on this case. And the main point is right here, if a person gives tirumah from his own things on someone else's things, the the option to choose any kohen you want to give it to, the favoritism, everything you're going to get out of it, is going to be on the person actually giving the terumah. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.